Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. I suppose the first thing I wanted to get to is because there's new regulations, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes in relation to gambling. I wanted to get around to, you know, gambling in general and talk about, I suppose, the fact that so many people are affected by what is probably one of the worst addictions you can have. You know, you've got alcoholism, you've got drug addiction, you've got smoking. um, And we talked about retail addiction last week for women as well. But gambling is an addiction that affects so many people because Ireland spends nine billion. Irish people spend nine billion. The Irish spend on gambling less than only two countries in the world per capita. That means we spend more than the Americans. We spend more than every other country, by the way, uh, around the world, apart from Australia and Singapore. Per head of population, nine billion goes on gambling. Online gambling represents 60% of that. Betting and sports betting, 15% of that. The lottery, 10%. Gambling machines and slots, 10%. That's pretty small. And casinos, 5% because they're not really illegal in this country anyway. Well, there is some small ones, right? But online gambling is the biggest problem. And as a nation, we gambled an estimated 9.8 billion in 2019. That's an estimated 379 euro per head of population. In 2019, gamblers were losing around 1.3 billion. We spent 808 million on lottery draws and scratch cards. So there's new legislation which has been put forward by Paul McAuliffe, which should come into play next year, the Gambling Regulation Bill, which has been approved by government. And the new Gambling Regulatory Authority will enforce new advertising and sponsorship rules across all media and will overhaul the licensing laws for gambling in the gambling industry. Hopefully I'll get to speak to Paul in a few minutes. But the government plans to have the new authority established and operational next year. And the Minister for State, James Brown, said advertising aimed at children and our problem gamblers will be banned. Betting on credit cards, the placing of ATMs in certain areas and other gambling inducements will also be prohibited. Those operating without a gambling licence could also face a prison sentence of up to eight years. And there will be a social impact fund for the purposes of financing research supporting treatment for gambling problems. In other words, those responsible, of course, will have to pay a levy towards setting up a fund to help people for treatment with gambling. Now, the Taoiseach Micheál Martin said the new legislation will safeguard against truly awful gambling addictions, which can be devastating to people and families. And I know listening today, there are people, and we had a guy on the air going back about three years ago, and not only did he just gamble his wages, but he gambled his house away under his family's nose and he was left with nothing and I mean nothing because remember this rule you're not going to win it's extremely rare that you will win gambling companies are there to make profits they're not there to give away money they give it away every now and again but whatever you get you're probably going to gamble back same goes for the national lottery and the euro the, the euro millions to be the winner on the Euro Millions, you have a one in probably in and around 37 million chance of winning. If I said to you there's a horse running tomorrow and the odds <laughs> are 37 million to one, 
Would you put a bet on? You probably wouldn't. Or maybe you would chance your arm. But look, it's good to be in. They say if you're not in, you can't win. And, you know, it's good to be in every now and again if you can afford it and you're not addicted to it. But people are addicted. So if you're listening today and you have advice for people who've been gambling, maybe you've been down that road and you've gambled your life away or gambled your salary away, what advice would you have for people? And what more can we do to stop it? What more can we do? The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. The question quite simply is, what more can we do? Um, I'm going to go to John first if I can. John, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. How are you doing, John? Hi, Noel. How are you? Uh, John, I mean, do you believe we should be doing a bit more in relation to gambling? <clears throat> Look, I, I was on with yourself six or eight months ago. I... I have said it before, we have to do a lot more work in terms of education and awareness of look, it is a disease. Um, and as you said yourself, it is, I've been through it. Um, I'm 11 years in recovery now. Uh, well, you've dropped your phone, sorry. sorry you lost me there. I'm yeah. 11 years in recovery now and um, it, it's a horrific uh, addiction to have and a horrific disease. Have, and you ever, have you ever calculated how much money you spent? in the time you were gambling? Uh, no. Like, it's not really worth, uh, it's not really worth thinking about uh, at the end of the day. Like, even when you're, when you're in the midst of, like, uh, compulsive gambling, yeah. it's, it, it doesn't matter. Really, money isn't actually on your mind. And as you said there, it doesn't matter if you win because you never win. It's no. all about the rush. And, like, it, it's not worth, uh, it's not worth thinking about um, the money, like, uh, once you stop, like, it, you know, you're do just you, happy. Do you think this new stop. legislation um, and regulations prohibiting advertising between 5.30am and 9pm, as well as other parts of the legislation, which I'll go to in a few minutes uh, with Paul O'Callough, who's the feet of all TD, but do you think they go far enough? I think they're a great start. Um, I, I think they're a great start. It's about time. Um, like, as I said, I'm 34. I stopped gambling 11 years ago. And, you know, it, the, the effects of this legislation isn't going to be seen, um, you know, next year or the year after. It's going to be seen for the next generation. And that's good because, mm-hmm. you know, even the things like kids being prohibited from betting premises. I remember skipping school and being in a bookies and being allowed to be in the bookies betting when I was 13 or 14. So, like, you're, you're going to see the knock-on effects where gambling isn't normalized anymore. And that's, that's where I think, like, yeah. There's there's so much that's come out of the legislation, like the levy fund for to create awareness and education. I think that's what I said uh, when I was on with you previously. That's where a lot of work needs to be done. And this is I the social like, impact uh, fund, yeah, yeah, the social impact fund. Like uh, that's where a lot of the work has to be done because I remember when I, you know, uh, spoke to my family and said I'm in I'm in deep trouble here. Like, and you know, the day I stopped gambling and they didn't know what to do. And I was, I was like at the bottom of the barrel. I was at my rock bottom and I, you know, I was of no use to anyone because I would have lied and said anything, but I told them I had a problem, but they didn't know where to turn. And I remember at the time I going to a, an addiction counselor who actually gave me terrible advice um, and wasn't qualified to give me advice. And even in my darkest day, I was able to turn around and get back into the car with my father and go, what that man just told me to do there is completely wrong. 
he told me I was working uh, as a poker dealer at the time and he told me if that's to pay off my debts to continue doing that and like so like that fund will allow more education yeah more funding for people who you know I always say like it's very hard to understand addiction if you haven't been through it because um, you walk a mile like, in my I, shoes I get it yeah, I know yeah, yeah 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 because the things that addicts do um, you know to a normal yeah. person seem insane so an addict can first hand be able to turn around and go, well, this is what you should and shouldn't do. And, it, you know, all it comes down to people, place and things. I think the legislation, genuinely, I was over in emergency yesterday. It's long overdue. Um, OK, OK. It's long overdue from my point of view. OK, listen, John, thank you very much indeed. And I do want to go, if you want to have a listen to John, you can. you're welcome to. Paul McCall of the Fianna Fáil TD. Uh, good afternoon to you, Paul. Uh, good afternoon, how are you? Uh, I'm very pleased to be with you. Uh, Paul, you've listened to John there, who obviously had a gambling addiction. Thankfully, he's got through the other side, but, you know, he's delighted to see this piece of legislation. It's very welcome. Obviously, we'd all like to see more legislation around gambling because it's such a big problem. And I was shocked to see this morning that Irish people spend on gambling less than only other two, co- two other countries in the world per capita, which is Osborne, 9.8 billion. That's an incredible amount of money we gamble. It, it is. Uh, and look, I think at the outset of the conversation, what we should say is, is that gambling is uh, something where consenting adults can participate in, where they can have, where they can have fun, uh, where they can enjoy it. Um, but what this legislation is aimed at is for those people who are not consenting, those people who are children who are being induced into the industry, those people with an addiction who uh, don't have the ability to consent because of their, because of their addiction. Uh, and I think that we, we, need, we need to ensure that there'll be a lot of people who will criticise some of the measures in this. But this is about tackling people who are vulnerable and people who, who need protection. Let's go, well, well, let's, their- let's go through the measures then. OK, the first one most of us know about, which is the advertising between 5.30, 9pm. Now, how do, we, how do we tackle the advertising, say, from a point of view? Is, well, a couple of questions. Does the National Lottery come under that advertising legislation? Uh, I suppose we will see the details. What, what was agreed was the, was the the heads of the scheme by by, by government, um, and and then we will. Uh, I suppose when the legislation comes before us, we'll be able to see some of the some of the details of of, of that. Uh, my view is that the national lottery is uh, another outlet uh, of gambling. Uh, yes, it has positive. Ten percent. Ten percent of that nine point eight billion is the national lottery. Yes. Yeah, you, like, and, and I appreciate it has positive impact in the community and, and so on. But if you have a gambling addiction, if you're a young person that's been targeted, then the national lottery shouldn't have a free pass. And so my view is, is that it should should, should come within okay. uh, the, the the expanse of this legislation. Okay. And how do we control then, say, the likes of you know British television, which plays obviously in Irish television, which will have advertising, maybe not during the breaks because I know they can be localized. But, you know, during the matches where you will see advertising for Betway or Betfair or whatever it happens to be, it would be impossible, I suppose, to control that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I suppose we started this road with, uh, with tobacco advertising. And you could, you could see how long it took uh, to fully remove uh, the advertising of, of, of tobacco. Uh, and part of the issue is around how sport is funded, uh, least sport is funded. Um, and I think... It, Oh. Before we fully oh. remove we're it, we're losing. We're losing a little bit, Paul. There, just move your head slightly. Sorry, we're losing a little bit. There, okay. it'll be a long road before there's a full removal. But yes. I think that's where the social impact fund actually is really key, uh, because the social impact fund uh, can start the research into 
uh, how the industry impacts people with an addiction. We can start to look at uh, what impact a hoarding on the side of a pitch has versus, for example, much more aggressive forms of advertising on the phone, um, mm. inducements. Um, and it's really welcome that some of the free bet offers, which, of course, aren't free at all. You're, you're, you're paying for them in, in, in other ways. Um, and the, the idea of VIP passes to events and so on. I, I think th- those sort of more aggressive forms or more interventionist forms uh, of advertising are the ones we need to look at before we get to the kind of hoardings on the side of pitches. Although I think there is a, there is a case that uh, the industry is advertising because they're getting a benefit. Uh, and we have to look at that. Okay, in relation to the, the social impact fund that you talk about and that, that John talked about a few minutes ago, it's getting the right advice if you do become an addict, of course, and having a fund there to support and help people who are addicts. I'm assuming that fund will come from a levy that will be uh, placed on these online or gambling outlets. Right? Is that the yeah. way it's formed? That, 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 that's the plan. And again, the, the details will follow. But I suppose what we want to see is, is the creation of a fund uh, and I particularly want to make sure that that's not a fund that is, is in any way nope. an, in, an, an independent oversight and that we really start to examine what gambling addiction is and we start to understand it more. There's been a lot of international research done. I'd love to see, given the high rates in Ireland, I'd love to see the particular uh, aspects that are unique to Ireland examined as well. So, yes, it should support treatments and, 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 and other interventions. But I'd also love to see uh, if, we can, if we can tackle um, the impact of, of, gambling, uh, legis- of gambling advertising, uh, the imp- impact of the industry itself. Because these, these bodies have huge amounts of money uh, at their disposal. Uh, but uh, they, the, the reality is there's no, the, those people with addiction don't have that same backup or, re- or research. So that's why I think the Social Impact Fund should be both for treatment, intervention, community response, and also research. I mean, I, I'm looking, you know, that uh, €379 Euro per man, woman and child in this country is, is gambled every single year, which is such an immense amount of money when you think about the population of the country and, and the fact that, you know, as I said, we're only behind Australia and Singapore when it comes to per capita, the amount of money that we spend in gambling. You'd imagine the Americans and other people would spend more than we do, but they don't. So it's clearly a big problem. 60% of it is online. And this is the biggest problem at the moment that, Years ago, you had to make the effort to walk to a bookies, you know, and put your slip in the door or whatever it was. So there was a bit of an effort involved in, in gambling. Now you've got kids at 15 and 16 lying on their beds betting on football matches. Or you've got kids as young as 10 on a PlayStation game. I know it starts very young, and I'm sure you're aware of it, Paul, with these loot boxes. So they're, it's kind of weaning them into gambling at a very, very young age. Are we going to tackle this online aspect of gambling? Because many people are saying it's a scourge in society. Yeah, look, and regulating gambling is is not restricting its attractiveness for, you know, since booking shops were open, you can see the, you know, book, betting shops have to have their windows obscured, you know, you can't see in, in, into them and so on. There, 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 there's particular regulations around that. And so we need to bring all of those regulations which we've had to date, and I believe, I believe they should have been far stronger to date, to bring those into, into the online world uh, as well. Uh, I do think that those... We're losing you again, Paul. Sorry, go ahead. You do think those what? Yeah, those inducements, the free bets and so on, they're, they're the things we need to tackle because, you know, in the privacy of your phone, lots of things can happen. And if you are in a very dark place with an addiction, and I heard the gentleman before you speaking, and, you know, you can be really, really vulnerable. And when that ping comes on your phone and you open that email with the offer, 
that's like for for that person with the addiction, that's like the drug dealer knocking on their door. Oh yeah. Uh, and and I, it'll be very hard for people that don't have an addiction to understand that and to understand why we're taking this move. And they say, but sure, I get a free bet every week. What harm is that? But the answer is, is the harm is not to you. The harm is to, the, to that vulnerable person that's, yeah. not able, that's not able to say no. And, uh, you know, we will be accused of being in any state here and so on. But I think the point is, is that we're stepping in to try and protect people. By the way, will Bing, somebody's just texted and said, will bingo be included? Bing, is bingo class as gambling? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Again, something for it to be clarified in, in, the, in the legislative process. Uh, I suppose if you speak to people, addiction counsellors and so on, what they will say is, is that and it's the same in, in, in the area of, of drug addiction or drink addiction. People will often find the outlet in another, in, a, in another way. It's going to be impossible to close off every outlet. No, of um, you know, but So I think what we need to do is focus on the proposals that are, are before us and let's get, the, let's get, these, let's get these right. You know? okay. and, the, and when do you think this legislation will, will, be, will be true? I know it's been approved by government already, but when, when will the legislation be uh, signed? Oh, I've lost you again. Sorry, unfortunately, uh-huh. wherever, wherever Minister you are. James... Go ahead, Minister. Ch- Minister James Brown has been uh, has been very strong in terms of trying to push it through. Uh, Jim O'Callaghan, I suppose, is on his back as Jim had originally crafted some of this legislation. So it is a priority for Fianna Fáil and for government, and uh, I, I, we want to see it happen as quickly as possible. All right, okay, all right. Well, listen. Thank you very much indeed, Paul McCall of Fianna Fáil TD. I appreciate you coming on the air. I don't know whether John is still there or not. John, are you still there? I am indeed. Oh, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, John. You've been listening to Paul McCall of there uh, in relation to the legislation. Look, there's always more we can do. Um, but in saying that, you know, I suppose it's something, as you said. No, like, I genuinely am, like, it's a start. And as you said, like, as we go along the journey in it, we're going to figure out how to do it better. But it definitely is a good start. Like, the inducement, like, the exclusion register. Like, currently, you can exclude yourself from a bookies, but you can just, you can easily reverse that. Yeah. This will be, like, this will be a regulatory authority, authority in charge of, all bookies at the same time. So if you're on that exclusion register, you're on it. Um, and it's for every bookie because you'll find a way. Like on the I mean, road, people, like I, I, I don't know much about it because I've never ventured into a job, but people talk to me about setting limits, for example. You can set a limit for yourself. But in saying that, you can just change the limit if you want to. So that kind of yeah. all seems a bit pointless, doesn't it? Yeah, like th- that's what I mean. Like I, I and, and getting them pings on your phone and stuff like that, you, you can easily change all of them. Um, yeah. Obviously, some uh, incentivize it now to set up a limit, but like, it changes, you know. It, yeah. It can change. And you're going to find somewhere else to go do it anyway. I remember like two years ago, nine years after I stopped uh, gambling, I got an email uh, from a bookie that I obviously had forgot or uh, saying, you know, here's a, we haven't seen you in a while. Here's a free bet. Nine years after I'd received something. That's incredible, so, isn't like, it? Yeah. So, like, I, I think with, with those free bets and them inducements and exclusion there's it's a really, really good start. And... Um, like I'm delighted to see because all of them, all of them little uh, bullet points of what's going to be included. I, you know, I can relate to some part of that and go, that's really good because I remember this, you know. So uh, um, where, and I always say for people who might be upset about the regulations who just have a normal bet, like my family can all go about and have a normal bet, and I don't judge them for it. But I'm a compulsive gambler. And I need, I know I need to watch myself and all these things. And because people once you start, you won't stop. That, that's, yeah. that's your problem, yeah, of course. Unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are. If you have an addiction, it does, you know, you can be the king or queen. Like, it, it doesn't matter what your situation, anyone can have an addiction. And 
you need to really like the, a lot of these measures are to help and protect those people but mm. you know they're not going to affect people uh, who can go about their day and have a bet normally like you know god be good to them people like i there's I think this this uh, these regulations will really go far away. Do, do you believe the regulations? Do you believe the regulations should include the national lottery as well? Now, the the, the the argument is the national lottery funds a lot of sporting events and sporting, um, should I say you know for children etc etc and other things that it sport that it funds. Now, don't get me wrong, there's profit being made in it too. But do, do you believe the national lottery should come under these guidelines too? Because it is gambling. Yeah, I, I that's probably one where I'm unsure about. I was laughing there when someone asked about bingo, and I was like, if when I was in the midst of gambling, if I was blocked off from somewhere else, I wouldn't be getting my buzz from bingo. Like that's it's not really uh, somewhere yeah. you get the buzz. Like I I think I'm I haven't thought too much about the national lottery. I I do uh, see Paul's point there that it should be included because it is a form of gambling. Yes, it does. It, it you know that you know a big bookie could turn around next year and say, okay, well. Uh, in line with National Lottery, what we're going to do then is give a lot of our profits to, we're not going to have these regulations, we're going to give a lot of our profits to charity as well. So we can just fall in line with National Lottery. So what's the difference there if if that's what they do, then you can't regulate them. I don't think you can. I, I know, I know people who are addicted to the lottery and spend way too yeah. much money on it. You yeah. Know? I don't think, I think it has to, and obviously these are things that are going to be learned along the line, but people, if you're, if you're a problematic gambler, you're going to find a way to gamble. Yeah. And if these rules only apply to, you know, I would have, I would have bet on anything uh, when I was gambling. So if these rules apply and I'm, you know, they're holding me back in certain areas, I'm going to find if the national lottery and there's draws on every day, I'm going to go to town on that. You know, I, yeah, like, there's some outlet just to, just to get that buzz. Like, no, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Well, listen, John, I appreciate you coming on the air and I, and I really do appreciate your honesty and, and if even your words help one person to maybe seek a little bit of help, uh, it'll be good. Uh, and, uh-huh. and continue to look good luck and success, by the way, to yourself going forward and, Cheers, and, and staying away from it. Uh-huh. All right, thanks. Let me go to Frank as well. Frank, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. How are you doing, Frank? I'm very well myself. Good. Frank, now, your mother used to gamble. Yes, correct. Um, she she actually became quite an avid gambler, going uh, along the addiction rule, uh, uh, addiction side of things, where um, me and my sister would be dragged along to the casino, wandering out the outside, um, while she would go in, dropping a couple of hundred on the machines, and we would spend uh, literally six to eight hours at the casino while she was uh, gambling away. Yeah, and what was she doing? The one arm bandits. <laughs> um, well, she she was on the the slot machines yeah. and all of that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a, isn't that what they used to call them? years ago? One arm bandits. I don't know what they call it <laughs> because of the one arm. Yeah. Anyway, so and she she'd drop a couple of hundred every time she'd go in. Correct. Yeah, yeah. and then it, it it got to the point where actually um, my my sister's a couple of years older than me, and we we sat her down the one day, and thankfully she listened to her kids, where we said, look, we we can't be doing this. Um, it's it's we we stuck at the casino with you six hours to twelve hours over a weekend, and we'd be wandering around there. She would give us uh, let, let's say a, a, a twenty, and that would go sort us out in the arcade for ten minutes, and maybe get us a hot dog. But then for the next five and a half hours, you can't reach her because she's inside the casino, and then okay. we'd just kind of be sat there waiting around. So we 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 told her this, and and she she actually uh, caught a bit of a, uh, an awakening, if I could call she it had that, an epiphany. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and, and now now she still gambles to the day, um, but but she found 
um, a way around her addiction. So she she started budgeting her gambling where she would say, okay, look, you know what, I've, I've got 200 for the month or 100 for the month for, for, for whatever whatever sakes there. And yeah. she would she would go to the machines or and she, she stopped taking me and my sister over to the casinos. Um, yeah. And she, she would go, if she lost her 100, well, then that was it. She would stand up, she would leave, the bank card would be left at home, the purse would be left at home. So she would go with what her budget was for the day. And then it would be a case of, well, if she won, she would keep, she would take her hundred back, pop it in the pockets, and then she would carry on playing with her winnings. And, and did, did she, she would... ever win much, by the way? Yeah, I mean, one day she came home, she won like 50 grand in the casino. No. Then, yeah, yeah. And, it, but you, you know um, how it normally goes. Well, yeah, I've just won 50 back grand, <laughs> yeah. uh, put it back in. You know, I can turn this 50 into 100. I can turn that 100 into 200. But by the time you walk out, that fifty grand has become a grand. Yeah, and uh, I can't believe, yeah, so I can't believe she, she actually won fifty thousand in, in the casinos. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. She 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 won it on on one of the the big jackpots. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. And so so instead of going home and saying we've got fifty grand, I'm going to stop now and get a new kitchen and get the house sorted out and bring you off on a nice holiday, she'd be straight back down the next day to to see how quickly she could get rid of the fifty grand. Exactly, Ch- chasing that 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 winning feeling. If I if I could put and, it see, and I often wonder because when somebody wins fifty grand or a hundred grand or whatever it is, and then they continue to gamble, I'm saying, what are they looking for? Are they looking for the million? Are they looking for the billion? I mean, where does it stop? If you get the billion, will you want ten billion? There's never enough, really, is there? There's never enough, and I mean, I, I think it's not not exactly the, the the money that people are going for. That's that 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 feeling, that rush of I've just won this. I can win more. I'm going to win more. And then that's where the problem starts. They start chasing the feeling, and then when they when they start losing money, well, oh, now I've got to flog my watch. I've got to I've got to flog my car, or you know, just, yeah. just one more bet. It's always one more bet. And it is a but genuine she, feeling for those people because I believe scientifically correct. they explain it about dopamine and all different sort of serotonins and things in your brain. So it does give you an actual rush like drugs, I suppose, when you get that win, which is rare because generally speaking, people don't win. They lose. They lose everything. Uh, exactly. It's rare. And even if they do win, as you said, they're right. They put it back in again. Do you think this new legislation that will ban the advertising, uh, you know, before nine o'clock at night, you know, does it go far enough, do you think? Look, I, I reckon that that could definitely um, help the situation because I remember myself at, at the age of 16, 17, you see all these poker tournaments, the, the, the Texas Hold'em tournaments, oh, blackjack, roulette, and it, it seems very exciting. I mean, still to this day, I'll play some Texas Hold'em with my friends and all that, but I'll never go into the casinos. Yeah. But even if I'm playing with my friends and I, I win that hundred, you know, that, that excitement is still there. Yeah. But... At, at the young age, I mean, 17, I was sat with my mates at a, at a braai. Yeah, let, let's play some poker. Let's play yeah. some blackjack. Yeah. I've got my, my 50 my fifty rand pocket money here. Well, that that's what I'm going to use. Meanwhile, yeah. I can use that 50 rand for my skateboard or something like that. No, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to use it to play against my friends in blackjack, and I never won. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just weren't good. <laughs> no, I, I was terrible at it. <laughs> okay, so I do, I do think the ban on advertising, well, at least children won't get to see the advertising, which is important. Exactly. And as somebody rightly, as John pointed out earlier on, maybe we won't see the effects of these kind of legislation for another generation because it'll take time for it to take effect. Uh, but listen, yeah. thank you, Frank, and I appreciate you coming on and talking about your mom, by the way. As much thank as you, you love her dearly, she had a problem. <laughs>
Listen, and now you. she's still the best woman in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Other than the wife. <laughs> thank you, Frank. I appreciate you coming on the air. Okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 0871880008. Maybe you've had a problem. And how do you feel about this legislation? Is it enough? You know, I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I believe online gambling should be just banned altogether. 60% of the gambling that's done is online. Very bit, little of it is actually now in betting shops. You know, 15% is on betting on sports. Lottery is 10%. Gambling machine is 10%. Casinos is only 5%. We don't have a big problem with casinos in this country, generally speaking. So should online gambling be banned? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Well, let me go to David. David, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you, David? Not too bad. Now yourself? Good, good. Now, you're two years gambling free. Well done. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks, thanks a million. Okay, uh, but you kind of did have a problem between 18 and 36 years of age. So let's go back to 18 years of age. That's, that's, I think, is the more interesting part of this. It's how you get enticed or induced into, I suppose, the rush that you get from gambling. And can, can you remember your first bet? Yeah, well, like, I, I live in, I live in a town that is for the, Racing, racing towns, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. The Curragh of Kildare is, the Curragh race course is literally a stone throw from where I live, you know? Yeah. And uh, like friends of mine would have walked the horses, but, and I'd go into the bookies with them and I'd start out having the little, small little fiver bets. Because they were giving you all the sure thing tips, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, the, the little fiver bets and then it grew and grew to where you're putting on tenors, twenties, fifties, hundreds. Mm. You, you get to the stage where, when when you lose your when you lose your fifty, you have to get that back. You're chasing that money, and you keep going and keep going. And when you lose the next one, you have to get that back. You're you spent five hundred to get fifty back. Yeah, you're chasing yourself all the time, and there was many a times when I walked out the door, not a penny in the pocket, and swore to myself, "I'm never going in again. I'm never going in again." Then the next day, you're back in there again. It's just. And where would you get the money the next day? This is the problem. Where do like, you... I, I, you'd be borrowing money. You'd be... You know, that sort of way. Yeah, you'd be yeah. borrowing for a bet, you know. Oh, one of the boys sends you a tip. You, you, you ring your mother. Mammy, have you got a loan? I need to go in. I, I, I need money. she give you the money. You go and in. Would you, and would you... Be honest now. Would you lie to your mother about what you wanted the money for? Oh, yeah. You yeah. wouldn't tell her the real reason because you no. wouldn't get it if you told her the real reason. <laughs> no. no. Be honest with you. And, I mean, were you single at the time, or were you married? Yeah, or? like, single at the time, and yeah. then, like, up to more recently, I, my partner, my new partner, that like, I, I have a new partner the last mm. five years, and she didn't really know, I hid it fairly well that I, I was gambling, and when she did find out, she, she was the one that really pushed me. To, to give it up and I did you know that sort of way. well it was either her or the gambling one or the other that, yeah, that, that exactly. has to come down to exactly. that doesn't it yeah, because, you, because, just, because it's just, you just can't do it it's not fair on the people you live with no no and and when you say she found out how did she I mean how did she not realise when she was seeing the fact that you were skint all the time how did she not realise it before that or did she have suspicions I'd say she'd have suspicions but like when I when I when I, when I did have a win you know what I mean? I'd make sure I gave her a good bit of it. You know that sort or of. Or you go on a weekend away or something like that. Yeah, you'd use. Yeah, do yeah. something, do something nice over, and then go in the next day. But that'd hide the fact. Oh well, she think well, he was saving up for the trip, or he's saving up for the day out, or you know that sort of way. And 
what was the worst moment in those kind of in all those kind of 18 years what was the worst moment or the I suppose the moment when I suppose it, it, you hit rock bottom can you remember that moment like I, I have kids and stuff like that and like not been able to not been like I every week regardless of anything else regardless of how much I gambled I always made sure that I paid my bills and gave the money for the kids, like towards the kids, towards the shopping and all that, and then I gamble what's left, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but if anything extra come up, or you might not have the money yeah, then because it was gone. That that's it. Like if I got a phone call saying, "Oh well, the kids need such and such," I'd have I'd have to wait until the next payday comes around to get that. I'd say, "Oh, you may leave it with me," even though I would have had the money if I just didn't go into the bookies, you know, sort of. Way. And what was the last bet two years ago? Can you remember? The last time I went into the bookies, I left my partner and I had I had about 600 in my pocket. Wow. And I rang her. I'd say, Niall, I'd say 60 minutes didn't pass by and I rang her and thought it was all gone. In 60 minutes? In 60 minutes. In the bookies, there's bets. There's, there's and was that 600 quid for something? Was it for the mortgage or the rent or something else? No, like, that was just to keep me going, like, you know what I mean, until the next payday comes around. Like, right. It was a bit... The bit I had saved up as well, you know, that sort of way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hadn't done a bet for a few weeks, and then I went in that day. And I left there, and I I sat there and I, in the car, and I said to myself, you've done it again. You, you, you keep doing it again and again and again. And to be honest with you, I had a good cry to myself. A good chat with yourself, which I'm sure you've good, had many times. A good chat, a good yeah. cry. Yeah. And I said, that's it, I'm never doing it again. And I went home and I told the partner, I said, I'm never doing it again. I'm never going in again, I promise. I'm never going in again. And since that day, I haven't looked back. And is it hard to, you know, to be an ex-gambler, I suppose that is a good word to use. Is it, it, is it, it is, hard? It is tough at times. It is tough at times because like, I still do be in, like I, I play a bit of football now as well and stuff like that. And I, I'm in groups where they put in tips every week, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, Usually I jump on the tips when I was gambling, but now I just it doesn't bother me anymore. And do, the, do, the, do they all know, do the lads all know not to ask you anymore? Listen, do you want to go into a lottery syndicate that we're doing this weekend or whatever? Yeah, do they all know that not to say that? There's a good few that have often said to me, oh, do you want to buy a ticket or do you want to buy, uh, you want to buy this yeah. uh, into a deal? And I say, no, listen, well, I'll throw the money in anyway. And that's just like to yeah, say, oh, the yeah, for the charity or whatever it is. Yeah. Charity or whatever. I throw it in. I say, that's it. I just don't want to take it because... Yeah. Because you know, it'll, it'll just take you back down that road again. Do, do you think this legislation next year is going to make a difference? Because the advertising is quite glamorous. Uh, and as much as I don't bet, but I see the advertising on TV with the Fox and Anton Deck and all those kind of yeah. celebrities they it, use for the advertising. Step, it's a step in the right direction. It is a step in the right direction. Mm. But, like, I still, like, oh, I work every day, but on my way home, I pass a few bookies on the way home, and I still see the same people outside, standing outside the bookies that would have been in there when I was in there. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I do meet some of them in the shops and say, oh, I never see in the bookies anymore. They said, that's because I don't gamble anymore. And did the online gambling, was that ever a thing for you? I never really was into the online gambling. I did ga- gamble online once when it was coming up to Cheltenham, and they said, if you lodge... Adding up the fifty euros, they'll match it with a fifty euro free bet. Right, so they were giving a free bet, yeah. Yeah. So then, sort of enticed me to open an account, and I opened an account. But Mm. to be honest with you, I didn't use it. I don't lodge that, or I don't link that into bank cards or anything like that because, yeah, you know what I mean. I didn't do that. I always went into the shop and 
and that was okay. If you, okay, just because I've literally got a couple of minutes here, but if you could give advice, if there's people listening all over the country, and I'm sure many of them, David, are sitting there, men and women, who are going, "I'm David. I know exactly what David was thinking at the time because I'm in that position." What advice, if you were just to say one thing to them, what advice would you give them? There's more to life. There's more to life than that. Mm. Than that. Than the gambling. There is. There's, there's more out there for you than gambling. You can get a buzz off other things. Yeah. I, I'm 38 years of age playing football, over 35 football, and I'm enjoying that. I, I've taken up golf. I've, you know... Something that, where you actually get value for the money you're spending. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually doing something that, and I and I get I get a kick out of that. Yeah. More so than I did in the bookies. Okay, yeah, okay. You get, well. kick, you get a kick when you're winning, but when you're losing, it's a sad feeling, and it is a sad feeling. I used to think my car was pre-programmed to stop outside the bookies, and that's the truth. You know, and it probably at that stage, <laughs> with some of the modern cars, it probably knew where it was going, to be honest with you. That's it. Yeah. David, listen, thank you very much indeed for sharing your experience. It's really important. Listen, thank you very much indeed for coming on the air. Thank uh, you, Niall. Thank you. There you go, David, ex-gambler, uh, off for two years now, 18 to 36 years of age. He was gambling, and you heard him. 600 quid in a few minutes. Gone. Psh, less than an hour. That's how easy it is. Do you think this legislation goes far enough? And by the way, sh- again, I'm asking, should we ban online gambling? The majority of people are actually saying, yes, we should. Oh, let me go to Mary. Mary, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you, Mary? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Now, your dad was a gambling addict. My dad was a very, very bad gambler in his day. Okay. Very bad. And when, um, you, when you say very bad, I mean, to, to what point to spending every bean the family had? I mean, you know, he went from having everything to having absolutely nothing. Okay. Like lost, lost his house, lost his family, lost oh all of us as children as well. So. Oh my! Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. Such a devastating effect, and it can gambling, like drinking, like drugs, like everything else, can have a devastating effect because yeah, money, my dad was money is needed. Alcoholic and a gambler as well. So it's the, oh. two, the two worst addictions you can possibly have. Yeah, well, they, they do kind of go hand in hand sometimes, you know, to be honest with you. Um, and, and when you say he, he gambled everything, literally, what, the mortgage wasn't being paid? and Yeah, like, he had a very, very kind of, let's say, a high-power job, if you will, in, in computer computers, for argument's sake. Um, earned an awful lot of money, but we never we never saw it. So mm. it was he, was, he was living his high life in the bookies, and we were, you know, kind of, kind of pushed to one side, if you will. Right, okay. Okay, and, yeah, that, and like, that causes, of course, great resentment amongst the family as well, and the family unit. You know, absolutely. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a good period in our lives anyway. Especially, you know, we were quite young as children. So yeah, I'm yeah. going back maybe this is when I was ten, so maybe twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I I obviously went out into the working world myself because you know after your one of your parents is a gambler, you kind of have to start making your own money and stuff. And then eventually, I I actually wanted to understand the gambling addiction myself. And do you so understand? Do you understand it? I understand it now, and the only reason I understand it is because, ironically, I actually got a job in a bookmaker's myself because I wanted to understand. Okay. And see, it, see it from the person who's on the other side of the counter. And when you got that job and understood it, and understood why the addict felt the way they did, do you think differently of your father then? I I do I do yeah a hundred percent like. You know, you grow up resenting, resenting what what happened, and you know, going from having obviously everything to having nothing. But then you really, you know, you really get to see it when you when you do work on the other side of the counter. And you know, I say this to people all the time when they ask me about it. I'm like, you can see the the best of the best. You know, for say on Cheltenham for Gold Cup Day, for argument's sake, the crack that you know that you have with your regulars is great. You know, everyone's in great form. Blah blah. blah. 
but then you see the worst of the worst when they all start to lose. Mm. You know, and, and was, was there a point when you worked there? I mean, I've always always said this to people who worked in bookies, but was there a point when you worked there where somebody was coming in and you knew they were spending their, you know, their mortgage or their rent or their their dole money? Or oh whatever? yeah, yeah. I, I, and where you? I mean, did you ever feel like saying to them, "Listen, I'm not taking your back. Go on, get out of the shop." I did say that. I have to be honest now. I, I said that a good few times to a lot of what we would call regulars. You know, you'd know you'd know the day specifically that they'd either get obviously their social effort or they get paid or whatever. You know, they'd come in for four hours when their shift is over and. By the time the four hours were up, their wages for the week or the month would be gone. I know. You know, I've seen people, I've seen people spend thousands in five, ten minutes. I've seen people, you know, I've seen wives come in, you know, and drag their husbands out by the scruff of the neck. Um, I, I'll never forget one wife uh, came in and handed her husband the divorce papers oh. in the middle of the bookie. Oh, no. I'll never forget that. And because of his gambling addiction. Constantly gambling in. You know, we would, say, start at, like, half nine in the morning. We'd come in to open up and, you know, put up the papers and whatever. And there'd be people, your regular customers, that would be in there for 12 hours. They'd be standing outside the door waiting for, for 10 o'clock for you to open. And they wouldn't leave until you call last day. Not to go to the toilet, not for a bottle of water, nothing. That's how obsessed they were with it. And as, as, as one of our callers, it was David said earlier on, it's that when you lose the 50 quid, it's this, it's trying to win the 50 quid back. You could spend 600 trying to win the 50 quid back. spend eternity trying to win it back. But like the worst, probably the worst story I ever had was, I remember it was Christmas Eve and we used to only work for sailing. Um, and he said, so, yeah, yeah, fa- so just, just say that again, I just dumped that a little bit there. Just so a father basically came in with some money that he needed for Christmas for children. Yeah, yeah. For, for, yeah. yeah for, okay, for, that, for the big man. And uh, he said to me, oh, this is my this is my money, blah, 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 and told me what it was for. And in my head, I was, like, on the inside, I was dying. I just wanted to scream at him. And he make you want to cry, me. really, wouldn't even Honestly, thinking about and it. I was, I, I'll never forget, and I looked at his face, and he, he wrote the docket, and he handed it to me, and I, I refused to put it on, you know, and he asked, and he blinded at me, and he called me every name under the sun, and I was like, I, I couldn't live with myself knowing that certain people on Christmas morning won't have certain We'll be things. disappointed, yeah. Um, and I remember I didn't put the bet on, and the horse lost. And then he shook my hand after and wished me a happy Christmas and everyone. And there was a as there was a man on the air about four or five years ago. I remember talking to him a similar situation, but he was so bad that on Christmas Day, uh, when the kids went to bed on Christmas night, not Christmas Eve, the toys that Santa Claus had brought uh-huh. them for Christmas, he took and he sold the next oh. day, and to just so he could put a bet on. It's, but like. It's, That's terrible. Like, when you think about how desperate somebody must be horrendous. to do that. It's horrendous. It really is. But, like, you know, I, I do have certain sympathies for a certain level of, of, of gambling mm. addiction. Obviously, having gone through it myself with my father and then, you know, seeing it from the other side of the counter. But, like, it is it is quite a horrific addiction. And Absolutely. sometimes, you know, the people that are, in my opinion, putting the money on, they don't realize how bad their addiction is until the person on the other side of the counter refuses to serve them. Or tells them they need to take a break. Go it's like, it's like, same as the drinker. You know, he won't realise the bad he is until the barman says no more. Listen, Mary, I've run out of time, but it's been lovely talking to you. And thank you very much indeed for sharing your experience with us. It's really important. Thank you to everybody who got involved in that topic. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Oh,